Thank you.
Good morning, church. It's great to be with you on the second Sunday of Advent, and we want to welcome you if you're online with us today. It is great to have you here with us as well. Uh, you can go to Valley Shepherd forward slash valleyshepherd.org forward slash Sunday to get the digital red book to sign in and let us know that you've joined us for the bulletin is also there and several other things that'll just help us to keep you connected to the church. Last week, we started um, our Advent season with a song that the choir sings and a reading, and then we have you join it with us. There is a half sheet of paper at the end of the pew there. If you'd like to use music, there is that there. Uh, join us after the reading. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace. O Lord, you are our peace. Lord, we pray you will guide our feet into the path of peace. O Lord, you are our peace. Our hearts long for the peace that your arrival will bring. O Lord, you are our peace. God's promises are true. We await the birth of Christ, the promised child, the Savior of the world. Peace is coming soon. O Lord, you are our peace. Sing with us if you would. May the
Our lists are long, even in this strange mess where we live these days. And we want to do it right. We want to be safe, but we want to be able to enjoy the season. We've got work to do to put right what has gone wrong, to heal what is broken, to mend the relationships, and to prepare for the company that will come. The prophet Isaiah reminded us that there is work to be done. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. When God comes in, then healing is to be found. But we need to make the way. We need to open the door into our lives. So we light these candles as a sign of our faith, that the God we worship is not far from us, and that we can clear the way for that God is to come and dwell with us. We light these candles in faith that company is coming. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Stand and join us in singing. Expected Jesus born to set thy people free from our fears and sins. Release us, let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth, thou art dear desire of every name. Join of every longing heart. Born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king, born to reign in us forever. Love thy gracious kingdom. Come now, pray, 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 pray,
before you this morning, and we wait to celebrate your birth with anticipation and joy, knowing the hope that comes with you and the peace that you will inaugurate when you come again. And so our hearts cry out today in a, in a, uh, a busy world, uh, in a, a world that is plagued by uh, so many things these days. We, we cry out for your peace. A peace that isn't just the absence of, of negative things, but a, a peace that is the unity under your lordship, under, under the way that you created and authored this world. And so we pray today, come quickly, Lord. Be with us here today as we worship you, as we lift up your name, and and as we make you known around this world. Uh, God, would you unite our hearts as you have called us uh, to do. And God, we offer you back this time of worship, of, of singing your praise and hearing from your word and committing our lives to you once again. We invite your spirit once again to dwell with us in a new and special way today. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. with me. 
the song for the suffering. He is Messiah, the Prince of Peace has come. He has come, Emmanuel. Sing glory. be seated. In a moment, we'll receive communion together, and if you've not received uh, element, if they're not right there in the hymnal rack, our ushers can help you, I think, uh, uh, get those. In this Advent season, we embrace the promise of this coming King, whose name was Jesus, and Jesus' name means the Lord saves. Um, we're told he will save his people from their sins. We have that wonderful promise. And truly he came. And uh, he is God with us, Emmanuel. And we, uh, we celebrate the fact that he is coming. The people we often portray in our nativity sets, um, Mary and Joseph and uh, the shepherds and eventually the wise men, um, couldn't have begun to have imagined what it would have meant for Jesus to become our Savior, to save us from our sins, and what he would go through in order to save us. And so in some sense, we, uh, we, we, we fast forward um, to the, the New Testament and in the reading of God's Word that tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And uh, we, we think of the Savior who came to give his life for us. Um, we think of Jesus on the night of his crucifixion, when he gathered around that table with his disciples. And uh, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And said, this is my body which is for you. Take and eat it in remembrance of me. 
And after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we're caught up in the celebration of Advent, and we remember again that Jesus came to be our Savior, we are reminded again as individuals what that means for us, that you came to save us from our sins. We as your people, your church, worship you and honor you as Emmanuel, God with us, who has provided for our redemption in every way. And we thank you, Lord, for what you have done for us. So, Lord, as we go through this season, over and over, may we be reminded of why you came and the marvelous transformation that has come upon us because you came to us. We worship you truly as Emmanuel, God with us. And we acknowledge once again this morning, Lord, how very much we need you in our lives and in our world. We embrace you. We welcome you coming upon us this day anew and afresh. In Christ's name we pray. Good to be with you this morning. If you have your bulletins handy, I'd invite you to turn there. If you're with, joining us online, you can go to valleyshepherd.org Sunday, and a copy of our bulletin should be there 
online. Uh, if you're visiting with us, either in person or online, if you would uh, fill out, if you're with us in person, if you'd fill out the card in front of you uh, and give us your information, we would appreciate that. If you're joining us online, there should be a link to our digital red book. Uh, if you could record your presence there, we would greatly appreciate that. For those in service, uh, in person with us, just a reminder that we have the offering boxes in the back of the sanctuary as you make your way out. Um, great place to worship and drop connection cards, prayer requests, um, and your tithes and offerings there in the boxes. If you uh, have not seen the Christmas program we had on Friday night, it's still available online. You can see it on our website. You can see it on Facebook, on YouTube, on Vimeo. Um, there's a bootleg video of it somewhere. And if you find it, let us know. Um, I don't really know about that, but... Uh, it is online and still available for you to, to view. The choir orchestra and handbells did a great job, so uh, we want to make sure that you're aware of that. Um, as we mentioned last week, we are partnering. Every year we partner with another church, and this year we are partnering with Kurt and Tanya Oman at the Buell Church, uh, just trying to bless them, uh, one of our smaller congregations. So if you'd like to give to this project, please mark your offering Christmas Partnership, and you can do that either digitally by marking other, or if you put it in the box, just mark your gift, uh, Christmas partnership. And if we could get those donations in by next Sunday, the 13th, uh, we would appreciate it so that we can get that to them. Um, also want to make sure that you're aware of our giving tree. We're, uh, giving to three local nonprofits this year, Family Advocates, A New Beginning, and Boise Angels. They're organizations that work with foster kids and families right here in our community. And if you'd like more information, there's some in, uh, in your pews, uh, flyers. And if you are with us online and can't go actually physically grab a tag to uh, join us in partnering with those organizations, please call the church office and they can help get you connected with uh, someone in need. And again, if we could get those gifts back by next Sunday, then... That would be helpful to make sure that we can get all of these two people before Christmas so that they can have a great Christmas. Uh, thanks for worshiping with us. And as uh, I head out, kids, if you want to follow me for Children's Church, uh, Pastor Tim's going to come bring the word. Am I on there now? There we go. Um, I just want to take a minute and say thank you to our choir and orchestra and handbells and our tech folk and Pastor Stephen and all who made Friday night so wonderful. It was so worshipful and just done with such great excellence. And uh, thank you all. Let's give them a hand, shall we? <clears throat> that was marvelous. And now a strange question. Did anyone besides me have trouble opening the little communion thing this morning? That did not want to open. I don't know if they're using stronger glue or what the deal was. I finally got some juice out, so I felt like I was, I was doing it. it I, I hate to confess what it reminds me of, and I may regret sharing this, but there was a time early in my ministry when I was anointing somebody for healing at the altar at their request, and I had a little vial of anointing oil with a little cap on it. I could not get that cap off that morning. I'm trying and trying as I'm praying. And I don't know, I, I think the Lord 
blessed them that morning with the oil of my sweat on my hands because I just never could get the lid off and I moved to use something else. Hopefully we won't have that problem here again, but just another thing of the pandemic where we're doing communion even different than we're used to doing it. <clears throat> well, across the years, our family's been among the insane people who head out to stores in the wee morning hours the day after Thanksgiving, typically known as Black Friday. And I know... Uh, it really sounds silly, but it became a fond tradition for our family. Um, and I know we weren't the only people because we would run into all kinds of people that we knew. Um, and uh, we'd head out early in the morning. We'd not come home, dragging home until mid or late afternoon. And uh, often my parents were with us. My parents often would spend Thanksgiving with us. And uh, they got into the groove of doing that with us, and they'd wait in line for us and hold packages and, and do all those things. And we just had a great time together. My dad would always buy lunch. Uh, that was a uh, big deal. He'd give us all money for the food court in the mall, and, and uh, we'd just have a great time doing it. And it was a fun thing with our kids. Um, I, I suppose um, it, it just kind of worked for us for some years. And we got some really good deals in the process, so that was good too. I kind of lost heart in doing it when they started backing it up to where stores were opening Thanksgiving night and even earlier in the day. And I just wasn't willing to interrupt my Thanksgiving for it. Maybe I liked Thanksgiving dinner too much. And maybe I'd had so much for Thanksgiving, I really just couldn't move around very easily by that point. But um, anyway, I, I think it's interesting that many of the things that we associate with the Christmas season... Um, really don't bring a lot of peace into our lives. We talk about the peace of Christ, and we're going to talk about this, that this morning. But so many of our traditions are everything but peaceful in, in this season. And uh, while we aren't and about in, out and about in 2020 like we typically have been, um, I don't think most of us would use the word peace to describe our current situation either. I want to talk with you this morning about the peace Christ came to bring, but I've concluded that it doesn't necessarily mean that there are peaceful circumstances around us. There certainly were not, uh, that was not true in the days of Christ. The depth of peace Christ brings affects the inner core of who we are, our very souls. He came to bring peace to our inner spirits. Um, a sense of completeness and wholeness to us, uh, despite what our outward circumstances are. And uh, it's what sustains us and strengthens us, even in the middle of the challenging circumstances. The passage we're going to look at this morning, uh, on the second Sunday of Advent, is found in Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah was an Old Testament prophet, who got the very sad job of delivering the worst news the Jews had heard, that invaders would overrun their two nations, and that most Jews lucky enough to survive would be let off as captives to foreign lands. God was carrying out the punishment written into his ancient covenant with them, and he, he had always promised to bless them if they would obey him. We remember that part. Perhaps we don't remember as much. He also promised to bring punishment upon them if they would not obey him. And so the day of reckoning had come. 
But Isaiah's message doesn't end on the bitter note. Isaiah also shares the good news that God would bring the survivors home for a fresh start and that he would send Messiah from King David's family to set up a kingdom that was more wonderful than anything they could have imagined. Chapter 40 of Isaiah marks the, the, the turning point of the hopeful new beginning and it addressed both their current circumstances as well as the bigger picture of humanity's need for a Savior, the Messiah, and how God was pre preparing to send him to us. So let's read from Isaiah's message to the people in chapter 40, uh, the first 11 verses. Let's stand in honor of God's holy word. <clears throat> Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fail, fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the Lord, the people, surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. God's holy word to us today. You may be seated. The circumstances of our lives this year have been everything but peaceful. It's kind of the elephant in the room if we don't acknowledge it. And any way you look at it, it's just been a challenging year. The pandemic has taken over our lives, calling the shots in so many ways. And, and I don't know about you, but it, I feel powerless against it, or at least against all the protocols upon us. And think of the ways in which it has isolated families and, and divided families and friends, keeping us apart in ways and at times that, that aren't normal or otherwise healthy. And add into it the mix, the most, one of the most contentious presidential elections we've ever gone through. And we've gone through contentious presidential elections before. And then put on top of all of it, all the particular challenges in our own lives that have rocked your boat or mine. And it's been a lot, and I'll be the first to admit that it's taken its toll on me. Um, and I know I'm not the only one. And, and while I say that, I'm very aware that there are those who would trade circumstances with me any day because of, of what you're going through. But I have to tell you that in the midst of it all, God continues to bring his peace and speak his peace into our lives. And we cling to that. We hang on to that. Um, despite the emotional roller coaster, peace keeps coming to me in, in an, the assurance that I'm God's child. 
and, and that he's leading us and that he's at work in our world today. That there's peace because I have this settled awareness. I'm doing what my heavenly father wants me to be doing. As we've often sung the old hymn, it is well with my soul. You know, all is never well because our circumstances are ideal. All is well only when we've experienced the inner peace Christ came to bring, the completeness within, and when we're living our lives in alignment with his purpose and his will. And there's, there's wholeness in our lives then. There's this sense of shalom, peace. The people to whom Isaiah declared the word of the Lord were people who'd languished so long in exile, away from their homeland and away from their people, that they'd given up hope of ever returning. And despair had overtaken them with the thought that God had canceled his covenant with them and he had abandoned them because of their sins. And they knew they would have deserved it. And in response to their need, God spoke to them through his prophet Isaiah to reveal another side of his character that they would not seen. You see, they had heard about God's holiness and his purity. The, the brilliant holiness of God had exposed the sin in their lives. They knew about God's justice, which required punishment for such sin. But what they didn't know about was God's redemptive love. And to those who were so terribly lacking in peace, Isaiah declared, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. Listen, it's the voice of one shouting, Clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Fill in the valleys, level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. Shout that people are like grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in a field. But the word of our God stands forever. O Zion, messenger of good news, shout from the mountaintops. Shout it louder and do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah, your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. What do you think God was proclaiming to his people? He was proclaiming his peace. Rather than declaring judgment against his rebellious children, God is now speaking of words of comfort to his wounded children. And there was this wonderful sense that they would be comforted in their current distress, that their future would be restored. And suddenly the waves of God's grace are breaking upon the shoreline of their lives and bringing peace. All questions about God forgetting them or abandoning his people are answered. In other words, the covenant is still intact. They hear the promises of the grace of God. I want to take you for a few moments in our minds, if nothing else, to one of my favorite places in the world. And I want you to listen to the waves. I love the ocean. Can you hear them? I think the Boise area might be the perfect place to live if we had an ocean nearby. I don't know if any of you have enough clout to accomplish that. But just pause a moment and let's listen to the waves. Break it on the shore. It is absolutely therapeutic for me. 
Um, and while I, I can't bring the ocean to you this morning, I want us to experience the waves of God's grace breaking on the shoreline of our lives that so much need His peace and so much need His help. The peace that exceeds our circumstances. What, what are these waves of God's grace that break upon, broke upon the shoreline of the Jewish people in Isaiah's day and, and that come breaking into the shoreline of our lives now? Well, there's, there's, there's this wonderful awareness that God cares about us. He, he really truly does. When God tells Isaiah to speak to the people, he said, comfort my people. Speak tenderly to them. Isaiah was told, do not be afraid. Tell them your God is coming. And it's still to people today who may somehow believe that God has abandoned them, that the truth is declared, God loves you. He cares about you right where you are. You're his child. Don't be afraid. The Lord is coming to you. And in the wonderful context of God's wonderful love, this other wave comes crashing. And it's the good news that Christ has come to set us free. To set us free from the burden of our sin. The warfare of God's judgment upon us can be put behind us when we look to Jesus for salvation. The terror of of God's wrath is dissolved in the reality of His grace, which is extended to all who call upon Him for forgiveness and cleansing. Now, the picture for us here that, that's painted is this, this image of prisoners of war being set free from their captives. Um, some of us remember during the Vietnam era when, when we saw pictures of prisoners of war set free. We've seen others in more recent years set free from imprisonment in the, in the Middle East. Christ has come to set us free Free from sin that becomes bondage in our lives. Bondage that's frustrating and agonizing because we're powerless to free ourselves from it. We can try and try, but like trying to free ourselves from handcuffs or shackles, it's impossible on our own. But the good news is that Christ is coming and He has come to set us free from that which we cannot free ourselves in unmistakable, unmistakable evidence of God's grace, He set us free. Breaking into that wave of God's grace is the wave declaring, God forgives our sins. They're forgiven. What a wonderful peace breaks upon us when we recognize that the sin of our lives are swept away, carried away by the powerful wave of God's grace. And as other places in Scripture describe, He takes them out in the deepest part of the sea and they're buried Never to be brought to our attention anymore. Thank the Lord. I said to someone this week, aren't we all glad for God's grace in our lives? He forgives our sins. It's one thing, by the way, to, to uh, serve a sentence for a crime and finally be released. It's a whole other thing to be pardoned. When, when you're pardoned, you're treated as if you never had done anything wrong to begin with. And God pardons us. And he accepts us as his very own. What a wonderful thing from this gracious God. And it's only by such absolute pardoning that God would ever choose to break 
waves of tremendous blessings upon our lives, and he does bless us in tremendous ways. And, and I'm not talking about material things necessarily. These blessings that I'm speaking of are for the rich and for the poor. They supersede our circumstances. They're blessings we can enjoy through God's grace when our stockings are uh, empty on Christmas morning and when there are loads of presents under the tree. They're ours to bless us and encourage us and help us regardless of our outward circumstances. And what are those blessings? Well, let's talk about the waves of God's great blessings. And First of all is this assurance that our God is powerful. It's one of the things I love about the ocean. I'm just reminded of God's great power that's exerted as these powerful waves come crashing up onto the shore over and over and over again. And the truth is, God is almighty. He is powerful. And as much as we may feel overwhelmed with our circumstances, may I just remind you, God's not surprised by any of it. And uh, he's not overwhelmed. Um, uh, he, he's not wringing his hands wondering what to do. He is still almighty God. He is still on the throne. We can trust him. We can lean on him. And, uh, and he's promised to deliver us. He's strong and powerful. He is not uh, impotent. He is a powerful God. And he is our God. Not in the sense so much that he belongs to us, but that we belong to him. Um, we're his people. I, I love the description of us being sheep of his pasture, sheep of his flock. He's our shepherd. And while people have often throughout the ages felt that God has abandoned them, he comes to us like a shepherd and he reminds us that he is with us and he is with us now. He is with us in these tough times. He is Emmanuel. Oh, I suppose that no other time in my life can we be as grateful that, that the coming king is Emmanuel, God with us? He is with us today. He's taken the initiative to come into our lives, and his presence brings wonderful peace. When I'm in the thick of uh, the most turbulent waters in life, and when I'm overwhelmed and, and not sure that I have the strength to persevere, I, I think sometimes of a wonderful old hymn, and let its words speak peace in my life. Far away in the depths of my spirit today rolls a melody sweeter than song. In celestial-like strains it unceasingly falls for my soul like an infinite calm. Peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above, sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. Oh, how we need his peace to sweep over us, don't we? Oh, how this world needs to experience the peace of Jesus. And understand it's not going to be experienced by those who hold God at arm's length. God initiates this great 
blessing of his presence, but he, he will not remain where he is not wanted. And God is not willing to come and go from our lives regarding uh, according to when we want him there and when we don't want him there. But this great blessing of God's presence and his peace that comes to us when our emotions may threaten to disturb such peace, the peace of God keeps, keeps coming to us if we yield ourselves to him, if, if our commitment day after day is to follow him, obey him, stay in sync, stay in t- step with him. What a great blessing is ours through his presence. And the peace of God protects us. What a wonderful wave of God's blessing. We have this blessing of God's protection. The, the years of exile for the people of Judah must have made them terribly aware of their own helplessness. It had gone on for generations. And they had this great need for God. And I suppose that the hard times in our lives are always good for us in the sense that they bring to us this fresh awareness that we're not adequate without God. We need Him. The word of the Lord through Isaiah this morning describes us as grass that turns brown and flowers that dry up. I love growing uh, beautiful flowers at my house. It kind of rejuvenates me. I like keeping the grass green. It's always shocking to me, though in the fall, how quickly those flowers just shrivel up and start looking bad. Then, then, then they, look, they look as ugly as uh, they looked beautiful <laughs> before. Um, but what's What God's Word is saying to us today is that while while we're like grass that withers, God is the one enduring reality in a constantly changing world. And He's designed it to be that way. And this enduring God carries us in His arms and keeps us close to His heart. He protects us and He keeps us. And encompassing all these blessings is the fact that God speaks his peace into our lives and into our souls. In his mighty power, we can rest assured of his sustaining strength to, to keep us steady. And there is peace. And though our whole world may be shaken by circumstances that threaten to consume us, in his loving presence there is this pervasive sense of peace. He is our protection. He gives his children his peace. He is with us. And when he is with us, we have nothing to fear. Oh, may the waves of God's presence and help crash over the shores of your life and mine in this Christmas season. It was nearing Christmas in 1994. An American couple were ministering uh, to orphan children in Russia. And they were getting ready to share with them for the very first time the Christmas story. They told them about Mary and Joseph arriving in Bethlehem and finding no room in the inn. The couple went to a stable where baby Jesus was born and placed in a manger. Throughout the story, the the children and the orphanage staff sat in amazement as they they listened. Some sat on the edges of their stools trying to grasp every word. And completing the story, the children were then given some pieces of cardboard and some other colored pieces of paper with which they were each to make their own little manger that they could keep. The orphans were busy assembling their little mangers as uh, the lady walked among them just seeing if anybody needed any help. 
And all seemed to be going well until she got to the table where a little guy named Misha sat. He looked to be about six years old, and uh, he had finished his manger. And looking at the little boy's manger, the, the lady was surprised to see that it had not one baby in it, but two. And so she asked him to explain. And crossing his arms in front of him and looking at this completed manger scene, the child began to repeat the story really very seriously. And for a little guy who'd only heard the story once, he he was pretty much on target and pretty accurate in it all. Until he came to the part where Mary placed the baby Jesus in the manger. And that was when little Misha started to ad-lib. And he made up his own ending to the story as he said, And when Maria laid the baby in the manger, baby Jesus looked at me and asked me if I had a place to stay. And I said, I have no mama and I have no papa. And I don't have any place to stay. And Jesus told me I could stay with him. But I told him I couldn't because I didn't have a gift to give him like everybody else. But I wanted to stay with Jesus so much. So I thought about what I had that maybe I could use for a gift. So I asked Jesus, if I keep you warm, would that be a good enough gift? And Jesus said, if you keep me warm, that would be the best gift anyone ever gave me. So I got in the manger. And then Jesus looked at me and he told me I could stay with him for always. Little Misha finished his story. His eyes started filling with tears, and tears were trickling down his face. He put his hand over his his eyes and put his head down on his table, and his little body shook as he sobbed. The little orphan had found someone who would never abandon and never abuse him, someone who would stay with him for always, someone who would bring peace to his life as no one else had ever done. In this Advent season, we anticipate with those who longed so many years for the coming of this one who would bring peace to a troubled world and peace to troubled hearts. And we celebrate that Christ, our Savior, has already come and we embrace him in our worship. He comes to bring peace into my life and into yours. Peace that infiltrates the very corners of our lives as messy and as complicated as they may be. By His coming, God has embraced us and promised us that we could be with Him for always. And this morning, I I want to invite you to draw close to this Christ child and let Him crash waves of peace over your lives this day. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we acknowledge to you today how much we need your peace. Peace that only you can bring into our lives. Lord, speak to us right where we are today. So many challenges. There's disappointments and frustrations and anxieties. and um, You understand, Lord. We don't even have to tell you all about it. You know all about it. And today we thank you for the promise of your presence. We thank you for your sustaining grace. We thank you for the peace that you breathe into our lives, even in the midst of our circumstances, that helps us hold steady and keep going and persevere as we look to you. 
Lord, speak peace into the lives of these my friends. We need you today, Lord. Oh, how we need you. I specifically want to bring Ray and Victoria Kamak to you, Lord, who grieve the sudden death of their daughter this week. Oh, Lord, comfort them and help them. And Travis, as well, has lost his sister. Lord, you know the things that we're dealing with. You're not surprised by any of them. Please, Lord, speak your peace into our lives. Give us the strength. Give us the comfort. Give us the fortitude, Lord, to keep pressing forward in the things that matter most. Help us to keep our eyes on you. Help us to be obedient to you. Father, we acknowledge you today, to you today, how much we need you. We invite you to speak into our lives. Father, if there's anything standing between our peace with you, there's unforgiven sin that needs to be confessed. We, we confess it to you. We ask for your cleansing. We need your peace. We don't want to live our lives without that peace. We're helpless without you, Lord. Meet us right where we are, but don't leave us there. <laughs> Sweep us up in your presence and speak your peace into each of our lives this day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Sing with me. Peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray. In you stand after the benediction uh, know that I just remind you of the offering boxes at the end thanks again for your faithfulness and your stewardship in these days my has it been a blessing to us and uh, if you're visiting with us today thank you for being here we're honored by your presence hope you'll come again we welcome you and uh, and if you'll let our ushers kind of dismiss us from the back so that we don't all crowd out at the same time, that probably helps us uh, do the things we need to do to keep everyone safe. And uh, we sure want to keep everyone safe and healthy. Thanks for wearing masks and thanks for doing the social distancing. I hate both of them, but I understand why they're important. And I commend you and uh, uh, pray the Lord's blessing on you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be yours this day in Christ's name.